Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we are continuing to talk about foundations. Or the foundation. But the series is called Foundations. When we began looking at foundations, I impressed it on your hearts. According to the scriptures and according to the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Scriptures, that there is no other foundation that anyone can lay except that which is already laid. Okay? But then he said to us that if anyone builds on the foundation, so which means the rest of the things we are to build are to be built on this one foundation. Now, I beg you, my friends, that you pay very close attention because as I told you from the beginning, the strength of any building, the strength of any idea, and therefore, the strength of your faith rests on the depth and the strength of your foundation. Right? And we have a firm foundation. And the foundation is Jesus. The Christ. It's not just Jesus. It's not just Jesus. Our foundation is not Jesus. Because there is a Brazilian football player called Jesus. Did you, re did you know that? Hey, but that one can't save you. Hallelujah. Hey, there is even another Jesus in the Bible. Did you know that? There's a Jesus also called Justice. Hey, there's a Jesus also called Justice. But he's not the Christ. Hallelujah. So you can give birth to a baby and name them Jesus, but they won't be the Christ. You see, all of you are called Joshua. Yeah, like that guy there. If you actually call his name in the right way, it's Jesus. Yes. So we have another Jesus. Another Jesus in the house. But he's not the what? He's not the Christ. And even the Jesus we are talking about, the one of Nazareth, the one that was born by Mary without Joseph. That one. Even him. He is not the Christ until he dies, resurrects, and we see him go up and sit at the right hand of the Father Almighty, interceding for me and you, the Christ. Now, you need to understand these things. However, if we leave you at Christ the foundation, you will know Christ is a foundation, but you may not be situated on Christ as the foundation. Now, the interesting thing about foundations is that uh, foundations are built with building blocks and different material. Good, good foundations will have iron bars down there. You don't see them, but they are what? They are there. Good foundations will have stones. Yes. And so foundations will have different material in it. That is why we can talk of foundations of the foundation. Because listen, if you don't understand Christ as foundation, you will say to us you are saved, but in actuality you are not. Yeah. 
I kept telling you, just because you sit in church every Sunday for the whole of this year does not mean you've been born again. And so there are certain aspects of our faith, of what it means to be born again, that you must embrace and be believing and be skilled at. Oh, yeah. And so last week, Pastor Martha so eloquently, elaborately, and uh, accurately exposed the word of God here with power and anointing. This entire series is based on the text of scripture in Hebrews. Chapter 5 verses 12 up to chapter 6 verses 4. Can we read it together? For though by this time you ought to be teachers. Now you see the man writing this book. And uh, by the way we are still trying to agree on who wrote it. Because some people think it is Priscilla. Others think it is Aquila. Others think it is John Mark. Some think it is Paul. Others think it is Timothy. Now, the book didn't tell us. Other books tell us. But the book doesn't tell us. But a lot of us, we just say it is Paul. Because it looks like Paul. It sounds like Paul. So, if it is not Paul, it is Paul's disciple. <laughs> so, but because I also head a theology department. So, academically, I will just stop there. Me, I know who wrote it. Hey. Me, I know who I think by the evidence of the book and all that is in there. We know it is inspired. Now, the writer begins this book by telling us, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke to us through the prophets and through angels and through all other different means, has at this time in this dispensation, spoken to us through his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, whom he chose to be a heir over everything. And so the entirety of the book of Hebrews is trying to explain to you and me that Jesus Christ is above all others and that the failure to believe what Jesus has accomplished for you locks you up in a place of inferior results in your life simply because you fail to agree, take on, and express what Jesus has accomplished for you. Right about chapter 4 and entering into chapter 5, he begins to tell you that Jesus is above other priests. In fact, his priesthood is not like Aaron's priesthood. It is the priesthood that looks like the priesthood of Melchizedek. A guy who we don't know his origin. We don't know his ending. He just appears and disappears. But he is higher than Abraham. He is like the ancient of days. And so Jesus doesn't come from the Levite. He comes from Judah. But he becomes a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Do you know what priests used to do? Anybody? Okay, let me tell you. Because I see a lot who are like, 
priests. I thought we had pastors. Yes, we have pastors. But Jesus has become our high priest. High. Not just priest. High priest. And what the priests used to do, the priests would mediate. In fact, in all religions that have priests like Yomandwa, Yomayembe things and Yobachwezi things. Uh, so it's which things? What do you have? What do you call your things? Basami, how do you call your things? Omlahusi. Things like that. Now, the priests, which in Buganda we call a mandwa. Praise the Lord. Now, every religion that has a priest, the priest stands in between those who can't approach the gods and the gods. You see? So you see three people now. There's one who can't approach, there's one who can approach, and there's the gods who are the approached. So there's the approachee, the approacher, the approacher, and the up, eh? and the approached. <laughs> now Jesus becomes our approacher, and we are the what? See, that's how it works. But our approacher is bigger and better than all that have ever been. You understand? Now, the priest of the Bible majorly dealt with issues of purifications. Issues of establishing the relationship between you and God. Because the man that God would help must have been and must be a righteous man. And if you are not righteous before God, you would die. Because the wages of sin. Now, Jesus came as our priest. But the priest approaches God with an offering. With a sacrifice. Now, the amazing thing about Jesus, he's not just the priest. He also becomes the sacrifice. He also becomes the what? The sacrifice. And not just a sacrifice, but the perfect sacrifice. Are you following? And so with his blood, he goes into the real temple. You know, the temple that had been built by the children of Israel was a mere picture of the true temple that is in heaven. And so now Jesus, after his sacrifice... He got his blood. That's why when Mary Magdalene saw him, you see, she was crying and saw Jesus appeared, but he had not yet taken the blood. She wanted to give him a hug. He said, wait, let me first do what? Let me first take this thing. So he did, and then he came back and showed himself to them. And then, after 40 days, he went to sit by the Father. Continuously, he went to sit where God is on his right hand. So if God is here, Jesus is sitting here. Every time God gets angry at you, Jesus looks at him like this. Ah, you people, you didn't get it. Every time you annoy God and God gets 
very angry. Jesus looks at him like this. And then after he looks at him like this, he does the blood. I don't know why some people are not happy about that. Because if Jesus didn't look at him like that, that's why the Bible uses this big word. It's the word called propitiation. You know how when you used to go to witch doctors, don't look at your neighbor. They may think you are thinking it's them. So, you are safer looking at me. Are you looking straight at me? Okay. You know, those days when your neighbor used to go to the witch doctor, they would take a what? A chicken. Can you imagine? A chicken. And you had to look in Koko Yalu Jumba. Do you even know what that even is? Like, even me, I don't know, but... Some people here know it. Some people were the witch doctors. <laughs> they were the ones asking for them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you know what they would do with that chicken? They would cut off its head. You remember the story I told you? I found the head there. I don't know what they had done with the other parts. But the head was what? So they would cut off. And that's what they would do with all animals they take for sacrifice. They cut off their head. Even you. If Jesus doesn't present the blood, your head must be cut off. That's why you see in the Old Testament, people would annoy God like that and he would come and tell them the whole village, including the cows and the, goat, and the chickens, all of them, cut them down. Hey, have you read the Old Testament before? Don't you wonder? Man, when God gets angry, if you really want to see what happens when God gets angry, you read the book of Revelation. Start from chapter 5. He will first of all blow certain trumpets. And a third of the earth. Just a third of the earth will be destroyed. And then he won't stop there. He will bring bowels. Seven. And then after that he will bring plagues. Hey. By the time he's through with the disobedient. And then he will say this thing here. He'll wrap it up like a mat. So, it is serious. When God is angry, he has a perfection of anger. It's called wrath. That's why you really should be scared of God if you are not in Jesus. And that's why we must appreciate Jesus a lot. Let me tell you, if it was not for Jesus, your sins are worse than the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. But Jesus stands in for you and for me. Now, the writer of Hebrews is trying to help us understand that Jesus is our priest. And because of what he goes through on our behalf, we can now become the righteousness of God. We can now stand before God without guilt, without condemnation, and without shame. Wow! Let me say it to you again because... I think Pastor Martha said it on Sunday. But I don't know if you heard it. 
Me, I heard it. She said it three times. She said righteousness, and it's, it's true. It's true. Righteousness is the ability for you and me to stand before God without shame, guilt, or condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, because of Jesus the Christ, because he came to the earth, because he died on the cross, because he went to the grave three days, and because on the third day he couldn't wait. By that, you know, on the third day he couldn't wait to get out of that grave. I think either it was so bad or he beat the devil in just one second that he just had to come. I, I think the second one is better. I think I like the second one. I think he beat the devil because he was supposed to be there three days. But by morning, when they got there, he was already out. He was already out. He was already done. You see, so Friday evening he goes in. Saturday deals with business. By, I think the moment it clocked, third day, he was out. I like it. Now, he raises out of the grave and the father agrees with him that the sacrifice he has made is enough for all of us. It's enough to make all of us righteous, not with our own righteousness, but with his righteousness. So, God got all of our sins and imputed them on Jesus. And Jesus died. You see, even as we got that sin from Adam, I keep asking you, any of you, by, by show of hands, how many of us here, one day, your parents sat you down and told you, Isaac, if someone ever asks you a question and when you see that the right answer to that question will get you in trouble, you just tell them another answer you like. How many of us here, your parents sat you down and gave you a lecture, you learned the lesson, you started to implement the lesson of lying. Really, you don't. How then did you learn to do that thing? By imputation, I'm telling you, you inherited it. You got it somewhere. You came as damaged goods. Yes. That's why you can't sit there judging someone else. In the same things you judge them, you also are wrong. In, you may say, I don't kill. I've never killed anyone, but you hate your mother-in-law. And Jesus is amazing because... You, you may be sitting there saying, me, I've never, me, I am a virgin, I never sleep with anyone, what, what. But when you look at them, you want to. And Jesus just says, did you want, did you want it? Did you, did you just, eh? young ladies call it a, a crush. Did you just have that thing? Did you just have it? Now you've done it. Yes. That is the standard of God, not your standard. Your, your standard is cheap, cheap here. You are waiting for when you cut off someone's head. God is just saying, do you like or don't like? No, I don't. Good. You're, you've murdered. You're done. And then he says, you people, do you, know, you know about 10 commandments, right? But do you know the Bible has over 400 commandments? Yes. 
Something like also, like there are some guys here whose hair here doesn't equal here. Did you know that that annoys God? You didn't know. You read your Bibles. You women who are putting on pants. Yeah. It annoys God for a woman to dress like a man. You read the Bible. How many of you eat pork? It annoys God. It does. <laughs> I think he likes those things so much, he doesn't want you to eat them. <laughs> you, you, you see, the standard is so high. It's so high. There's no one that can actually keep it. <laughs> so, how does a man or a woman become righteous? You can't become righteous. You can't. All your righteousness is like filthy rags. And that's to put it politely. Yes. Do you know the actual word they are filthy rags? Do you want to know? The ones who know are saying, ah, 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 no, 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 don't tell us. The ones who don't know are saying, tell us. Who should I tell Filthy rags is just bad. Have you ever gone to hospital? In an emergency room? How many of you have ever been in an emergency room when you understand? So that's a close approximate. Filthy rags is bad. Just know. It's filthy. So how will you ever be able to approach God except by the mercy of and grace availed to us by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Give him a bigger hand clap than that. Tell your friend there is a way. There's a way to, to, to be righteous. Not to become, but to be. There is a way. Someone said there is a way. There is a what? There is a way. The good thing about how we can be righteous is that way no longer involves us. You see, now we don't do it, we receive it. Uh, it's not complicated. You, you, you listen properly. Now, the way to be righteous is not to do, it's to receive. Now, you see, when I say that already, there are some people here who are wondering, ah, what is he even saying? Because you are not yet skilled in the word of righteousness. You don't know how righteousness is attained. And I am telling you, righteousness is received. It's not difficult. In fact, now, it's the easiest thing. You simply agree with God and receive. And the amazing thing about this is you don't receive your own righteousness. You don't receive righteousness like your own. You receive the perfect righteousness of God. So, the writer of Hebrews begins by telling us, Though by this time you need to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again 
the first principles of the oracles of God. Oh, the first principles. That word oracles is the word logos. The word, word, the word. Yeah? So, he's like, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the word of God. Now, I posted something about preachers preaching just the gospel on my Facebook page. And one very known preachers in Uganda wrote back and said, no, 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 Alex, you can't be teaching born again people again about being born again. You need someone to teach you, you see the word, the first, the first word of the word of God. Because you have come to need milk and not solid food. By the way, you see, he's saying, this thing we are talking about is milk. It's not the solid food. But you see, if you are a baby, if you are a baby, if you have, you're two months old and you decide, you young boy, I need you to be a strong man. I'm giving you posho and, and, and mulokoni. It's healthy for you. Chigere. What do you think will become of that child? You will kill it. And some of us, before you get the first principles, you are trying, you, you've seen those babies, like you put a plate of food there, you know, it can't hold it. It can't hold the food in the stomach. It's fighting for it. It can't even pronounce the food. It can't tell you the name of the food. But it's fighting for it. And what do you do? Just push the hand away. Just tell it, no, 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 you wait for mama. Mama has your food. Mama has your what? You haven't given birth. You, 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 tell mama. Praise the Lord. Hello? Are we, are we together? So he says, you need the first principles. Why? God verses 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the oracle of righteousness. It's the same word. The word you saw, oracle, is the word of righteousness. And is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That's why he's a babe. Let me tell you. In church, you don't mature by reason of being so long in church. Now, there are advantages to staying around for long. Because, I mean, if you stay around the city church for a long time, you get used to how we do our things, right? And so we can't even give you ministry. Because you got used to how we do things. If you stay long enough and you are like Isaac, you can sing, we will give you a microphone. And you can start to sing nicely and we are saying wow that's the holy spirit because the song itself anointed is anointed but you you don't know that it is the song not you you have a skill yeah but you are spiritually staying long doesn't make you anything you can be in church for 12 20 years and still be a suckling baby in the spirit and then someone can be born again for one year and be as mature as an 100-year-old Christian. I am telling you, an ancient. And the difference is this. When a man or a woman gets skilled in righteousness, and skilled in righteousness 
is a mere submission. Listen, this is very important. It's a mere submission to the righteousness of God. It's receiving and embracing the righteousness that God gives to you freely. You look at uh, Romans 10, verses 1. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 says to us, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Now, the apostle wants Israel to be saved. He says, for I bear them witness. They have a zeal for God. Now, you see, uh, there are people who really, really genuinely love God, but they don't know how righteousness is attained. They do things for God, like they serve God with all their heart. They give, they meet within MCs every Thursday because they are not like those disobedient ones who don't meet. They, for them, they do what? They meet, but they are unskilled in righteousness. And he says, I bear witness that they have a zeal for God. So he says, these Israelites, I want them to be saved. Because I know, I know, in their heart of hearts, they have a zeal for God. They do. But the problem is the zeal lacks what? Knowledge. You see, this zeal that Israelites had, the zeal they had, was so stupid that they could give an innocent man to be crucified and take a murderer and a thief Barabbas. It was zeal. That zeal, Paul thought in killing other people because of their religion, he is actually doing God a favor. Zeal for God, lack of knowledge. We know of some guys today who will tie a bomb on themselves and kill themselves because they believe when they kill themselves, they will go and get ten wives. Ten virgins. There is a zeal. But the zeal lacks what? The zeal lacks what? And he says, verses 3, why does it lack knowledge is, uh-huh, let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the... My question to you today is, have you submitted to the righteousness of God? Or are you trying to get your own? My friend, don't just sit in church and go back and remember Bachwes, but don't remember the main point. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what differentiates us from the rest. This is what differentiates religion from salvation. Religion, you are working, you are doing so that your God may be pleased with you. Salvation, God was pleased to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on your behalf so that now you can receive the free gift of righteousness and a righteousness that is not your own righteousness but you receive the very righteousness of God but Israel being ignorant of God's righteousness 
and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. You must submit to God's righteousness. And the other word for that submitting to God's righteousness would be the word to receive God's righteousness. Now, the question then becomes, how do you become righteous? You become righteous by simply God declaring you. He simply looks at you. So, let's go back to the other illustration. You see God sitting at his right hand, right? You see him? And then, you do something. And he's like, ah, he did what? So, his face begins to get red. Eh? His hair begins to stand up like this. Eh? You know, I told you his anger is a perfection of anger. It becomes wrath. Okay? And as he's doing like that, Jesus does what? Then he says, Jesus, okay, 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 okay. He's righteous. But he did not do anything. Yes, he did not do anything. But Father, I did Hey, 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 this is why we praise Jesus. This is, we, listen, we don't simply praise Jesus because, you know, he's a big man there. If you don't praise him, no, 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 no. Praise the Lord. That's what we say. The man became the sacrifice for us. He did not send an angel. He did not bring up another man. He could have created another creature. No. He said, I will go on their behalf. And now, I stand accepted before God. Not because of what I have done and what I have not done. But because Jesus Christ gave his body, shed his blood. That's why we take Holy Communion. We are remembering, we are remembering, we are remembering his body. We are remembering his blood that was shed for our sake. And his blood and his body, we remember that we are given for our sake. For us to be made right. We love you, Jesus. Not simply because we have wanted to love you, but because you first loved us. Now, friends, that is how much Jesus has loved you. And that's why having given his life for your sake, he also says, now, can you also give me your life? I gave you, I gave up my life for you. Can you also now give up your life to me? It's called the holy exchange. You give your sick life to him. He gives you his health. You give your sinful life to him. He gives you his righteousness. 
He became poor for your sake. You give him your poor, broken, and bad life. And he gives you his riches. Ah, he gives you his goodness. Ah, he gives you his mercy. He gives you his glory. This is a better deal. This is a big deal. This is our deal. Why wouldn't you accept it? Why wouldn't you take it on? You give him your sin. And he gives you his righteousness. Friends, Jesus is saying, I gave my life for you. I gave my life for you. I went to the cross for you. I went through pain and shame for you. Can you give me your pain? Can you give me your shame? Can you give me your hatred? Can you give me your burdens? Can you give me your sickness? Can you give me all of that that was wrong with you? Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. And if you give it to me, I will give you my life. I will give you my righteousness. I will give you my power. Give me your weakness. I will give you my strength. Give me your sickness. I will give you my health. Give me your nobody. I will make you into a somebody. Why wouldn't you give your life to him? Give me your rejection because I was rejected by men. And I will give you the acceptance into the family of God. You don't need another mediator. You have one in Jesus Christ. You don't need another prophet. You have one in Jesus Christ. You don't need another saint to pray for you. You are a saint and you can pray for yourself. Jesus is asking you. That's what I've done for you. And all I want is for you to give me your broken, stupid, dirty, black, dark life. And if you give me your darkness, I will shine my light in that darkness. If you give me your brokenness, I will give you my whole. Why would you hang on to your, your anger? Why would you hang on to your unforgiveness? Why would you hang on to any dark side of you? You can give it to Jesus. And he will substitute it with his peace. He will substitute it with his joy. He will substitute it with his goodness. That's why we call all men. And say men and women. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Jesus has already come to you. With arms open wide. He has already come to you. And so Paul. In Philippians chapter 3. Verses 7. That whatever things were gained to me. I counted them 
but loss. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteous my own righteousness which is from the law but a righteousness that is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. This is what God is calling you to. That it is no longer your prayers. It's no longer your fastings. It's no longer what you do. It is a mere receiving him. Receiving him. So with every eye closed and head bowed right there we come to the conclusion today it's true you may have been in church for a long time it's true it may be your first time in church maybe hearing these words he says come to me though your sins are as red as crimson I will make them as white as snow Though your sins are as black, I'll make them as white. And maybe you've been in such self-condemnation and such guilt. And today, can you give your guilt over to God? Today, can you give your condemnation over to God? Today, can you receive? the free gift of righteousness would you receive the free gift of righteousness today